Today, we are doing part two of the big picture. I don't know where we'll end. Last Sunday, I started and before even I could end the verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 4, I, I realized that it was enough for last Sunday. So, as the Spirit of God directs, we will end wherever we ought to end and if we need to continue with part three, we will do so. However, we are doing part two of the big picture. Having the understanding at the back of our minds that beginning from July 2020, the year of great awakening has truly begun. Where many people were thinking that, oh, maybe after, including myself anyway, that after two months of lockdown, after two months of restrictions, we will regather. But it has become very obvious that even if we regather as a congregation, a local assembly, our life and our services ain't going to be the same as it used to be and probably for the next hundred years if Jesus tarries and forever. So life has really changed. All of a sudden, we were taken on our ways and that is what the Lord meant by the year of great awakening. When you were asleep, the Lord said, wake up because I'm doing a new thing. The trend has changed. Who knows? That God, through this phenomenon of global pandemic, can get more people's attention than he used to get hitherto. So, glory be to God. Bible says, and we know that all things, including the global pandemic we have found ourselves in, work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So, God is doing a big thing, beginning from now till the close of the year and beyond. When in 2021, there shall be the emergence of the church gloriously because we would have packaged ourselves better than we used to do. We will utilize technology better than the world utilizes. The world utilizes technology in a great way, but we're going to use it in a greater way. Having the understanding that most of our services are actually going to be online and yet we can still make greater impact because distance will not limit us from reaching out to others because he sent forth his word to heal them from their diseases and to deliver them from their distractions. Can I tell you what is in my spirit right now before I bring the message? You know, we are used to congregating, gathering together, using various emblems and medium to communicate the word of God and the spirit of God. Emblems and medium like oil, water, handkerchiefs, aprons. Which one again? We've used stickers, you know, hand, hand chains and hand bundles and whatever. All these things are good, but they limit the entire body of Christ from getting to where I'm going to share with you. I hope we'll get there today, where we have come to that place of maturity. When we come to the place of maturity, we'll get to know that the highest medium and the greatest medium God has always sought to use and will use in this end time is his word. Independent of whatever your senses can relate with. Because the word is beyond our senses. He sent forth his word to heal them from their diseases and to deliver them from their destructions. The word of God becomes the conduit. 
that transmits God's power because where the word of the king is, Bible says there is power. The power of God flows from within your spirit through your words to accomplish the purpose of God. That is what God is seeking for. So, those of us who are used to congregating, you have to lay hands. You have to use oil. You have to use water. You have to use handkerchief, apron. You have to do all the gymnastics that we have been doing to get people's attention. God is saying, wake up from beyond. I mean, wake up and lift your eyes beyond that limitation. Because if you are used to that, then in the era we have found ourselves in, you will be so limited. You cannot communicate any longer. Yet, God has sought that the church will come to that place where we identify that his word is the ultimate medium. And when IPR ministry started, that is the exact thing that I said seven months into the ministry when the altar and the pulpit was dedicated that God is going to use his word as the highest medium ultimately. And we have gotten there. So that without having physical contact with you, you can still be blessed just as we used to gather and you were blessed. And there will be no difference. In fact, it will even be in a greater way because this time around, there is no limit. It is a church without walls. We are not limited by the boundaries we erected around ourselves. We are not limited by the, the restrictions we built around ourselves. We are reaching people in all continents of the world. The seven continents of the world. Some in Australia. As I'm talking to you, I'm not exaggerating. Somebody is tuning in from Australia. Somebody is tuning in from the USA. Somebody is tuning in from the UK. Somebody is tuning in from Asia. Some in Africa. Many of us in Ghana here. Isn't that a wonderful blessing? Let's utilize the technology that God has given us. Daniel prophesied that in the last days, knowledge shall increase. Knowledge was not going to increase to our disadvantage. It was going to increase for the benefit of those of us who are the light of the world so that we can use knowledge to amplify what we've been doing and then we can accomplish the work quickly before Jesus comes. So glory be to God. Today we are doing part two of the big picture. Pray that God will give you the grace today to catch the big picture. Ephesians chapter 4. And mind you, people of God, by the close of the service, we will we will end with the Holy Communion. So you get your bread and your wine ready and then we can partake of the Holy Communion together. May we share in grace. May we share in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and not share in sin. So if there is any sin that we will share together which can defy all of us. Bible says, lest there be any bitterness springing up among you and thereby many be defiled. In other words, one person can carry bitterness and when we share in the Holy Communion, that bitterness can spread amongst all of us. One person can, can carry spirit of lust and then when we share in the Holy Communion, it can spread amongst all of us. So if there's any sin, unconfessed, Father, we confess our sins. For you said that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Pardon our iniquity, O God, and help our helplessness and deliver us from our frailty where we, are, we have the tendency to fall, that we will stand in this grace and having done all, stand in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. Let me take you from where we ended last Sunday. You can go back to last Sunday's message, please, so that I don't repeat myself. God has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for equipping the saints for the work of the ministry 
for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith. That is where I ended last Sunday. God wants all of us, not some of us, all of us, the body of Christ to the unity of the faith. And I explained what that meant or what that means. It's not ecumenism where you are talking about different faiths coming together. It has to do with all of us coming to the place of mature faith, full grown faith where we are all operating the faith of the son of God. Apostle Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, he grew his faith to the place where he had now acquired the faith of the son of God. The very faith with which Jesus Christ operated here on earth. Mind you, Jesus Christ didn't live here on earth as God. Though he was God, he did not think it equally to be, I mean, he did not think it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation and humbled himself and became a man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself even to death, to the death of the cross. So Jesus Christ lived here by faith. Just like we are doing by faith, the just shall live by faith. And it is the dream of God that all of us the whole body of Christ worldwide we will come to the unity of the faith where now communication becomes easier because oftentimes because we are at different levels of faith you are talking to adults and, and children at the same time so you want to communicate some deep things and it, it does not work because the child cannot get it though the adult gets it Apostle Paul told us that when he went to the Corinthian church, he could not speak unto them as unto spiritual. He had to speak to them as to carnal, even as unto babes. Because they could not get the deep things. I pray that God will bring the whole body of Christ to that unity of the faith. The unity where we are united in faith. Iron sharpening iron. Glory be to God. The next line of Ephesians 4.13 says, To a perfect... No, before perfect man, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. The Greek word here is epignosis. That is translated knowledge in the English Bible. Epignosis is the highest form of knowledge. You are talking about complete knowledge, the exact knowledge, the perfect knowledge, the whole knowledge, not partial knowledge. Some of us have partial knowledge of the son of God. Some people believe that Jesus Christ is a prophet, but they don't believe he is the son of God who came and died and rose again. There's something wrong somewhere. He is not only a prophet, he's not only a great teacher. He isn't even a religious leader because he didn't start any religion. He said, I will build my church. Church is not religion. Church is relationship between members of the body of Christ and the head who is Jesus Christ. So, God wants all of us to come to the place where we have the knowledge of the Son of God. Can you imagine where all of us, we have the complete exact knowledge. The differences amongst us. The reason why we have different denominations and the church seems to be divided on doctrinal levels is because we don't have the epignosis of the Son of God. The exact complete accurate full knowledge of the son of God but see the big picture where the whole body of Christ we have one doctrine one understanding one communion com communication one baptism come on one faith it will be so beautiful
And this is what God has started in the year 2020. By allowing a global pandemic to shake up the world, he is waking up his church. Now wake up and begin to see the big picture. That I want my church to come to the place where you have the knowledge, the epignosis of the Son of God. The complete knowledge of the Son of God. Some have some knowledge about the Son of God that you have to appeal to the mother of Jesus before you can read Jesus. It is, it is a lopsided knowledge. It is a distortion of what Christ came to give to us because he said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. He is not a way. He is not one of the ways. So you cannot use any other person as a medium, as a way to reach Jesus. But here is a case where in some portions of the same body of Christ, some are taught that if you want to reach Jesus, you need somebody to educate you and lead you to his mother. And just like his mother went to the people and said that whatever he tells you to do, do it, you can appeal to his mother and his mother will appeal to Jesus. It is wrong. And what is wrong is wrong. And until we correct it, we will live in that partial knowledge until we are taken on our ways. That is why God is saying, wake up. See the big picture. Nobody else died for you. I like the picture in Acts chapter 2. When the 120 disciples gathered together. Waiting for 10 days for the coming of the Holy Spirit for the first time. Do you know among the 120 was the mother of Jesus, Mary? Mary also waited for the Holy Spirit. Just like the apostles. Just like every other disciple. So Mary is not placed above any other person in terms of the body of Christ. She too will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. She was only privileged as the one through, I mean, whose womb, through whom Jesus was born. And that is it. But beyond that, she also will answer for her own salvation. When scriptures have worked out your own salvation with fear and trembling, it included Mary. Am I condemning somebody's doctrine? No. I am saying that God wants us to come to that epignosis of the Son of God. The exact knowledge of the Son of God. How to relate with Jesus. It matters. I'm telling you, it matters. Some have the knowledge that you have to have the image of Jesus somewhere and talk to him. If you want to talk to, some even go to the extent of, let's say, the pastor or the bishop or the overseer okay of a congregation you you go and talk to his picture somewhere and then he can now talk to god what are you talking about these are all doctrinal errors and they must leave the body till we all not some of us i'm glad that i'm not excluded and neither are you excluded we are not exempted in this picture we are in the picture the big picture I'm in it. You are in it. Till we all. He didn't say till some in this continent or till some in this locality. Till we all. As far as the 21st century church is concerned, till we all, all the centuries that have gone past, God expected that at every generation, every century, those who live in that generation will come, all of them. And we, here is a case where the end of all things is at hand. And the explosive finish of the church of Jesus Christ is upon us. We cannot fail God. We cannot but do what God wants us to do. Till 
are we all? So, glory be to God. No, now we are no longer confined in our walls where you are hiding somewhere and doing your own thing. And it is accepted by those who didn't know the exact knowledge of the Son of God. Now, we are operating church without walls. I can see what you are doing. You can see what I'm doing. So, if there's any error, correct me. And if there's any error in your life, I got to correct you as well. Iron, sharpen it, iron. So a man sharpened the countenance of his friend. What a wonderful relationship we have been brought into. See, the global pandemic that we have entered is a blessing in disguise. In case you don't know. It is to just wake us up. So that we will begin to get, get the exact knowledge. Who is Jesus? Bible says great is the mystery of godliness. The word godliness is the God nature. And he talks about the fact that God came in the flesh. So Jesus is God. Find that scripture. Time will not permit me to just show you that scripture. But Jesus is God. That is why he accepted worship when he did miracles and the disciples would bow. He could have said, please don't do it. Just worship God. But he knew he was God. He knew. Yet he did not operate here as God. Any other human being who receives worship is an imposter. It's fake. Are you there? I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that the body of Christ worldwide in this century as the global pandemic has ushered us to the realm of great awakening we will wake up to see the big picture seeing and having the exact knowledge of the son of God. Oh, the next one will blow your mind. Look at it. He says to a perfect man. Come on. Did you hear that? This is a big picture. To what? A perfect man. The word perfect here is mature or complete or fully grown. But he didn't say to a perfect bride. It is true that we are the bride going to be married to Christ. But here, he is giving us an understanding and an awareness that the head and his body are not two different entities or personalities. I, I wonder whether you see the head of a male and then his body is that of a female. Do we have those kind of human beings existing on earth? Even those who change their, their body constitution from male to female or female to male it doesn't jail. Something is wrong somewhere. It doesn't communicate what God intends to address us in this verse of scripture. He wants all of us to come to, the, to a perfect man. I'm glad he didn't say to a perfect woman. And I'm not condemning woman here. But God is giving us a picture that the body is a man. Just as, just as the head is a man. Because the head and his body are one. Are you getting the picture? Get the big picture. Can you imagine the whole body of Christ worldwide having assembled? It is the Holy Spirit who knows what he's doing to the body. He is the one who baptizes everybody who is born again into the body. You see, Christ is not just a name. It's also a place. It's like um, an ark. 
So when you're born again, the Holy Spirit immerses you into the body. By one spirit, are we all baptized into one body? So he is building the body in the name of Jesus Christ, okay? So whenever somebody gets born again, he places you, whether you are in the chest compartment or you're in the leg compartment or you're in the abdomen compartment or you're in the knee compartment, but he's placing every one of us, connecting us to fit into the head. And when God looks at the picture, he is seeing a perfect man. That is what he wants to get. A perfect, a fully grown, a complete man. Where there is no difference between the head and his body. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That if we will cut this picture, we will drop all our divisions. Our quarrels. Our infightings. Our discriminations the way we look down upon others the way we despise others the way we we, we we believe we are better than others you will get to know that the body is one Bible says when one member suffers the whole body suffers with it the whole body includes the head. It means Christ is even, is even a part of your suffering. He is not just watching you suffering. Sometimes we behave like, God, why are you looking at me? Why am I suffering? You seem not to care. Don't you know that he, the head is part of the body? So when you are suffering, Christ, Bible says he is not. Let me paraphrase it. Bible says that he, he, he bears with the feeling of our infirmities. He is not indifferent. He is not... Um, he is not, it's not like he's turning his back on you when you are suffering. He is acquainted, maybe that's the best word, acquainted with the feeling of our infirmities and he was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. So he said, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If you have a weakness, if you have a limitation, if you have a frailty, if you have something that disturbs you, that makes you fall and rise, fall and rise. Don't think that God is unconcerned. He, he is aware. But he wants you to know that you are a member of his body. So your suffering is his suffering. That is what the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon him. For he cares for you. Never you question God and say, God, so don't you care? That's an insult. Jesus cares. And he cares for you and me. What a wonderful privilege to have Jesus as our head and we are members of his body when one member just one member look at the whole body of Christ worldwide when one member suffers the whole body suffers with it that is why it is wrong for you or me or any other member of the body for that matter to begin to pray against another member in the body you are hurting yourself it is like taking a dagger and piercing yourself committing murder, self-murder or suicide. When you begin to pull down a brother or a sister in the body, you are actually pulling down yourself because we are members of the same body of his flesh and of his bones. He didn't mention blood because he shed the blood. But we are members of his flesh and of his bones. We are one intri intricately knitted together as one. He wants us to come to a perfect man. A complete man. Where the head is not functioning in greatness and then the body is deformed. Have you seen a deformed person before? 
somebody that looks like this is cause your call or this one looks like obesity or this one looks like which other one there's something wrong somewhere he wants us to be perfect and complete just like the head is so we can quote first john 4 17 rightly that i say hey so are we sometimes when we say so are we i feel embarrassed because i know we are not but he wants us to come to the place where we can make that confession with audacity that as it is so are we in this world that we are not different from the head we have come we have grown to the place of a perfect man a complete man so therefore isn't it wrong when we use the pronoun she or her for the body <laughs> am I now practicing some uh, gender inequality here no I'm telling you that the head is a man. So the body is a man. So it is wrong when we keep on using the pronoun um, the church and her. No, it's not her. It's his. When you see that picture, then you can address the church as part of the head. Because we are one. He is mindful of every member in the body. When, listen, when there is pain somewhere, let's say a small pimple somewhere, where, where is that part of the body that is sensitive where a pimple can disturb? Which part? Which part can I use? When there's a pimple at a sensitive part of your body and you don't take care of it, you don't, you, or you try to even press it, come on, and it's on a nerve somewhere, come on, that pimple will not generate some pain through the nerves, before you realize it has held your spine. Before you realize it has held your waist. Before you realize it has held your neck. Before you realize you are not even affecting the head. The head is suffering with that part of the body. Before you realize you are feeling feverish. Before you realize we have to now treat high rise in temperature. Before you realize we have to rehydrate you. Because, because of the feverishness you started dehydrating. You started having some diarrhea. When one member suffers, the whole body suffers with it, including the head. So listen, Christ is mindful of your pain. He feels our pain. He knows our frailties. He knows our weaknesses. Those of us who fall in sin every time, he knows it. Don't run away. Tell him, Lord, I am helpless. Help me in this matter. I'm struggling with this sin. Help me. I want to come to the place where I, I am now a part of the perfect man. Living the perfect life. Bible says, be ye perfect, for your father is perfect. Till we all, not some of us, this is a big picture, all, all that the body of Christ will come to the place where we are a perfect man. Oh, oh, oh. I pray in the name of Jesus that it shall happen in my time and in your time. It shall happen in our generation where we are now perfect. So that through our perfection, we shall perfect others who will come in. Because in our perfection, we will win the world to ourselves. And then when they come in, we will groom them to that place of perfection. I am looking at the day when Jesus shall come. He shall come for a perfect man. A body without wrinkle, without spot or any certain. A body that is pure and holy. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father, for this grace. Let me go on. The next one says, to the measure. The same verse 13, you know, to the measure of the stature, or you call it stature, of the fullness of Christ. Listen, 
This is a whole sermon for three months. What I just read. God wants the whole body of Christ till we all come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What does that mean? He wants all members of the body walk such that we carry the same anointing just like Jesus carried when he walked the earth. Acts 10, 38 says, How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Mind you, this same God is with us. He wants all of us to come to the measure that, that the Bible says, the one that loves the Lord, mm, the one that is endeared towards the Lord, God gives him the anointing without measure. So the word measure here is measureless. In other words, you are talking about rivers that flow from within the believer where there's no more limits to the flow of God's power from the believer. First John chapter 3 verse 8 says, for this purpose the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil where we have come to the place where we appear, Satan's works are destroyed. When you appear, it's like light has appeared and you expose every work of darkness. There was a time in the days of King What's the name of the king? That is in the days of prophet Elijah. The king was misbehaving. Okay? An enemy king for that matter, I mean. And they had plotted coup. They had planned evil. But here was a prophet who carried the measure of the stature of the fullness of God's personality, of Christ, of the Godhead, so to speak. And every plan the enemy king will plan, the prophet will send a messenger to the king of Israel that go and tell the king of Israel that this is what this enemy king has planned and plotted. Every plan was foiled. You know what it means to foil something? To, to spoil it. It was, it was, I mean, it was so frustrating. Then the enemy king one time asked and said that, which among you is an ally? Is a is working for the king of Israel because everything we plot it seems somebody amongst us goes to tell him so all our plans are foiled then one of them said oh king there is no betrayer amongst us there is no in, in, insider or an informant amongst us but no there, there is a prophet called Elijah living in Israel he tells the king of Israel even the things you say in your bedchamber, he reveals everything. Hey, Sharabatus Pragadeza, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. That was the kind of anointing that was upon Jesus. Bible says he knew the thoughts of men, so he did not commit himself to man. When he met the woman at the well, the woman of Samaria, he said, go and call your husband. The woman said, me, I don't have a husband. Then Jesus said, okay, saying so, you are right, because even the one that you are living with is not your husband and you have been with five men already. The woman said, mm, I perceive that you are a prophet. He, she didn't know that Jesus was bigger than a prophet. 
Jesus was greater than the prophet. That kind of manifestation is what God is telling you and me today. That he wants all of us to come to the place where we have the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We operate like Christ. Where you know all things. Yes. You can discern the thoughts of men. I like it when I'm interacting with people and they can discern my thoughts. I say, you are maturing. That's beautiful. You just know my thoughts. It means that you have the grace and the ability to discern. It's beautiful. If I come in the midst of people, I should be able to know that this one is hungry. This one doesn't have money to buy food. This one needs money to pay his or her bill. You should be able to know. Bible says, what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knows man but the spirit of God. Then he said, he has given us a spirit, not of the world. The spirit of the world is the spirit of blindness. But the spirit is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us of God. That's the anointing. I said this message is for three months. He wants a church to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Let's get the big picture. This whole thing is not for some local champions where one person has hijacked a whole lot of people and he is doing gymnastics and he is putting price on what he's doing so that others will pay because I'm fasting for you. I'm praying for you. How about the others? We are supposed to groom the church. To the place where we all, all, let them grow and stop keeping them as babes, feeding them with milk. Sometimes I get passionate and I talk louder, forgive me. <laughs> because I am seeing what God is seeing. And I'm looking at the big picture. And I want you to get it to child of God because God is mindful of this end time generation. He wants us to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Where everybody is anointed. Everybody is filled with the Holy Ghost. The, the five-fold ministry gifts have groomed us. Then we have all come to that place. Not they doing the work alone. But all of us groomed to do the work. As one man. A perfect man. Jesus Christ. Let it happen. In my time. Let it happen in our generation. As you have awakened us in this global pandemic. Father, may the church of Jesus Christ catch the big picture in Jesus' holy name. Let me go on. Maybe today I will enter verse 14. Actually, we will end at verse 16, but let me see what I can do verse 14, some of it or all of it. Look at verse 14. It says that we should no longer be children. We are children of God. Please take note. There are three Greek words that are translated in the English word as child or children. We are all born children of God and the Greek word is techno. So you are a technon of God. I am a technon of God. Born as a child of God. We have his very life. We have his very nature which is righteousness. We have his spirit if you have received the Holy Spirit. And we are not different from his son. He is the first born from the dead. The first begotten of the dead. Come on. That's the technon of God. But here he is not talking about technon. He is talking about nepio. The Hebrew, uh, the Greek word is nepio. Plural is nepio. Singular is nepios. That we should no longer be nepio. What does that mean? A nepio is an infant who feeds on milk. Who cannot talk well. Who is being 
guarded and guided, still needs guidance and still being groomed and cannot eat solid food, cannot chew bones, cannot handle the weightier matters of the law. He says that we should no longer ha, it means that there are times and in our time it is some of us are mature some of us are nephews. The Greek word translated a mature son of God is wheels, wheels. H-U-I-U-O-S. Wheels. It's pronounced wheels. He wants us to come to the place where we are all wheels of God. In Romans chapter 8, when he says that the endless expectation is awaited the manifestation of the sons of God. The, the Greek word is wheels of the, of the mature sons of God. None of the techno, none of the, of the, of the nephews of God, but of the wheels of God. So we all come to that place where we are no longer nephews. And he gave one definition or characteristics of a nephew. He says, toss. The nephew is tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Did you hear that? The nephews. He is tossed to and fro. Do you know to and fro? Like a boat on the oceans. When the wind blows, then it goes this way. When the wind blows, it goes this way. Today, they say that you have to come and drink kerosene. Say, hey, they say, when you drink kerosene, your womb will be fertile. Go and drink kerosene. The next day, <laughs> you're laughing. The next day, they say that, come and, come and, uh, what are some of the tricks? The word is even there, trickery. Let me read it. They say that, toss to and fro about, about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. Listen, some of the things that we do to the congregation, it is tricks. Trickery of men. May God forgive us, including myself. If we have ever used tricks to manipulate members of the body, you have no idea what that means. Bible says, don't you know that those you oversee, they were bought with a price? They were bought with a, did you shed your blood? Did you go to the cross? Did you go to hell? And rose again from the dead? Somebody paid the ultimate price and bought a soul with his precious blood and you are now using tricks to get whatever from him or her. May God forgive us. Because if God should mark our iniquities, nobody will stand. But there is forgiveness with him that he may be feared. God wants the body of Christ to come to this big picture where we are no longer tossed to and fro. The Nepios is always tossed to and fro. Look at this. Say, hey, today there's a new wind blowing somewhere. When you go, you just go and bring some inkuto somewhere and he will pray over you and put the inkuto in some handkerchief and go and put it under your pillow and all your dreams will come to pass. Come on. The trickery of men. When you buy this oil or water where I have put my picture on it and then you see a bed with some wings somewhere then you know that you have the anointing. What are you talking about? Repent! Because Jesus Christ is coming back for his church. Repent! You didn't buy any human soul. Somebody purchased the souls of men with his blood and you are using tricks to keep them around you. That's why God has broken all the walls. Church without walls. So that your tricks will be exposed. Yeah. 
in case you were using tricks in some corner somewhere now your tricks are exposed do it publicly and let's say we'll condemn you because what you do affects all of us now the man is getting passionate forgive me I'm a man of passion because I know what it means to go to hell I know it I'm not exaggerating. I know what it means to go to hell. If you know hell, you will never wish that even your worst enemy should go to hell. I'm telling you, because hell was never prepared for any human being. When Satan, I'm talking about Lucifer, when he rebelled and God cast him to the earth, God also put him in the pit, down, down, down in the belly of the earth. That's where he belonged. Then he found himself out of that pit through the serpent and entered and brought the, the number one trickster is Satan himself. He used tricks and tricked the woman. Unfortunately, the man was not deceived, but the woman was deceived. The man, and yet he did it. And that became high treason. And man fell from the height of glory. And ever since, see how we are struggling. Struggling to live the perfect life. Thank God for Jesus who came and lived on this earth 33 and a half years without sin. So his blood was not stained with sin. So when he died, his blood was efficacious to wash my sin. I trust in the blood of Jesus. I trust in the blood of Jesus. I don't trust in myself. I don't trust in my ability. No, I don't. But I trust in the blood. The blood that speaks better things than that of Abel. Abel's blood spoke revenge. But his blood is speaking pardon and mercy and forgiveness and washing and cleansing. So it doesn't matter how many tricks that you have done. You have used many tricks. The blood can wash you. Using tricks to export money from the congregation. Using tricks to do to, to what I'm talking about. Sometimes I see what we do. Like today is 19th. July 2020, somebody can just find something in scripture and say that, um, you know, on the 19th day, okay, for instance, you know, there's a scripture somebody posted on our platform, I think on the 17th of July, okay, 17th July, and then Bible says that on the 17th day, the, the, the ark rested, you know, on the seventh, 17th day of the seventh month. I'm telling you, there is nothing wrong with that scripture, it's beautiful. And you can bless God that you have seen such a day like 17th of July 2020. That some years ago there was a 17th day of the seventh month. But somebody can now begin to use tricks and say that just as on the 17th of July, some years ago this happened, as you saw this seed on this day, go, oh, oh, why are we using tricks? <laughs> May God forgive us because our, our tricks will be exposed this year before it closes. I'm telling you. Our tricks. This year, God will expose every trick. Somebody wants the fruit of the womb. And now you are saying that if you really want to carry a holy seed, let me have an affair with you. And that baby shall be called holy. You are... I won't say it. May God forgive us. The tricks... The tricks will be exposed in the name of Jesus Christ. Mark my words. The tricks will be exposed because God can no longer take it. Bible says all the hidden works of darkness shall be exposed. He will do it because he loves us. If you love your child, you will, you will whip him sometimes. You will discipline him sometimes. 
you will correct him sometimes you will instruct him sometimes you will admonish him sometimes you will, you will bless him sometimes so it's not all the time that God will just keep quiet he is walking to the church with his koboko with his whip so wake up wake up from your slumber wake up from your tricks wake up wake up how do you go and consult somebody who is in the dark that give me something that with which when I speak the people will believe and stay around how are you using darkness to win people to light do darkness and light have anything in common your tricks will be exposed I'm telling you yeah 2020 is the year of great awakening. Shalabaros protagadagadas. You see, we used to do pastoral work, and then when we are talking, we are, but we have moved from the pastoral to the apostolic. I'm telling you, the apostolic is a specific message for a specific time. So when you see me talking this way. Please forgive me. I am not operating as a pastor. I'm operating in the apostolic to tell you that God is saying something. And you've got to wake up. Wake up. And when I say to you, I'm saying to myself, whenever I say wake up, ah, I know that the hand is pointing to the man first. I know it. So I'm not shouting because I am better. I'm shouting because God is calling me and calling you. We've got to wake up. What will be our gain? When we have labored and labored, and the says, I don't know you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. What will be our gain? Then we would have wasted our time. In fact, 1 Corinthians 15 19 says, For if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable, most pitiable, pitiable. If all we are doing is for self-aggrandizement, is for self-celebration and the celebration of men, where men will applaud us for name, for fame, and for popularity, then it's not worth it. It would have been better for me to hide somewhere in the corner and eat my own food than to come and stand here and preach and do something else and then one day God will say, I don't know you. Because have mercy on us and give us the grace to hold one another. Those who are weak. Bible says you who are strong. Bear with the infirmities of the weak. And not to please yourself. Don't just live for yourself. Live for the one who died for you. And he didn't just die for you. He died for everybody. So those who are in him. Care for them. There's a song. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. Rescue the perishing. Bible says of some. Snatch by force. Pulling out of the fire. It's in the book of Jude. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. In other words, Bonina Adoriama said that when you see them, you can see that even their garments are spotted by the flesh. They smell lust. You can sense it. And yet God says, Sell them. And your mom from so it may be their circumstance, it may be their upbringing. Maybe it was a prostitute that gave birth to that person out of some coincidence. So it's not his mistake. Don't become a judge and judge that individual. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. Jesus is merciful. And Jesus will save. When I'm talking like this, I know that my book is open and my judgment is even bigger. I know. 
Bible says not many of you should become teachers because you shall receive a greater condemnation. Because what I'm saying to you, the same thing will be used to judge me. I know. So pray for me. I'm not perfect and better than you. We are being perfected. And I pray in the name of Jesus that we all will come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer, we should no longer, it's time to wake up. When God gave me this verse, in one of the chapters of Occupy Till I Come, the book I wrote some years ago, the, the, the chapter is, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. He told me 13 years ago, but I, I hear and I sense that this is the time. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up from your slumber. Wake up from your stupidness. Wake up from your drunkenness. Wake up from your lustfulness. Wake up from your, from your indecency. Wake up. Jesus is that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about. Do you know what it means to be carried about? She said, you need control. The thing is carrying you. Where the wind blows, that's where you are going. They say that, come and walk on snakes. Oh, I see, oh, walk on snake, and no snake can bite you. They say, come and, come and, they will turn kerosene to yogurt. You go and drink it. When you drink it, they say, chew grass. Oh, I will chew it because the grass, the word of God is grass trickery of man. May your eyes open to see when it is tricks and when it is God operating. May your eyes open. I pray that you have the discernment to know when somebody is using tricks or his own mind, his own ideologies, his own interpretation instead of the word of God. I pray that your eyes will open. I pray that you will catch the spirit and catch the big picture that you will know that this one there I get out of here. Yeah. Bible says, from such people flee. Because, no, 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 call. He didn't buy you with his blood. So let no man pin you down with a curse and say that if you leave me, this and this and this will happen to you. Quote Romans 3, 4 to him. Let God be true, but every man a liar. I get out of here. I get out of here. A friend of mine told me a story of how in his Sunday school class, he was teaching Sunday school and a, a young boy, about five, six years, you know, was brought by the father that this my child is disobedient. Anytime I tell him to do this, he will do the other thing. Anytime I instruct him, he will not do it. Meanwhile, and the man now quoted, he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother that it may be well with you that you may live long on the earth. The man quoted the scripture. So the Sunday school teacher now looked at the child and said, why are you, you know this scripture, why are you now being disobedient? You're supposed to obey your father in the Lord for this is right. Honor him as a father. Look at a six-year-old boy or even younger telling the Sunday school teacher, but what he is telling me to do is not in the Lord. And that scripture says, obey your parents in the Lord. So the Sunday school teacher was like, what are you talking about? He says, the boy said, 
Scripture says, obey your parents in the Lord. So if my parents gives me an instruction and the instruction is not in the Lord, it does not agree with the whole counsel of God, then I cannot obey it. Now the father was found wanting because he wished that the nursing would not be exposed. But it happened. The teacher said, what are you saying? He said, my father will always give me money that go and buy me cigarette so that I will smoke. And I will tell him that this is not good because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And anybody who destroys his body, God will destroy. Since your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, you cannot smoke. You are not a chimney. You're not a chimney. You are not a chimney for you to be. I'm adding my own, okay? You're not a chimney to be using your nostrils as, you know, a point of... <sighs> you are not a chimney. So I won't do it, daddy. Oh, that was so embarrassing to the father because he wished that this one was not exposed. So it is true that children obey your parents. But it didn't end there. It says in the Lord. Both your biological parents who are in the Lord, who are giving instructions to the Lord, as well as your parents who are in Christ in the Lord. If the instruction given by anybody is not in the Lord, you can say, I do not obey. And walk out. And let them curse you. That curse will never stand. The Bible says a curse without cause shall not alive like a bird flying. You can quote that scripture. So if you curse me and that curse is not based on the word of God, your curse is a lie. It will not work. Even the demons that we police that curse will know that this one we cannot enforce it on him because he is law. He is not he is not lawless to deserve that curse. Do you know demons police curses? They watch over curses, just like angels watch over God's word. That's why it matters what you say with your lips. I said the other time that I will bring a message on Friday. Forgive me, but I believe that I'll bring it tomorrow. The tongue of a, the tongue, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And you will use your tongue to shape your future. Glory be to God. I want to sit at your feet. Drink from the cup in your hands. Lay back against you and bring in your heartbeat. This love is so deep, it's more than I can stand. I'm melting your peace, it's overwhelming. I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hands. Lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heartbeat. This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. I'm melting your peace. He's overwhelming. Love is so deep, it's 
is more than I can stand. I melt in your peace. Thank you. Is it possible for me to end verse 14? It's so deep. Maybe we'll look. We'll look at the concluding verse of verse 14 into 15 and 16 and trust God to finish part 3 next week. The big picture, part 3. God wants us to come to that place, child of God. Jesus is so sweet, I'm telling you. What did I say? I said, Jesus is so sweet. He has not given us burdens, but we have added burdens upon people and made them slaves of unrighteousness by the tricks that we use. The next line says, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Let's go and you use dictionary to look at all the meaning of cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. It is like, it is like one word could not describe what you wanted to say. So you have to use synonyms. Cunning is a synonym of craftiness, which is also a synonym of deceitful plotting. But you use all these words together. It tells you that this one is tricks, papa mu tricks. <laughs> tricks. It is called tricks, papa mu tricks. Where you are more like a magician. When I say one, you say one. When I say more, you say more. Hey, I will fly like an angel and appear in your dream. What are you talking about? This is a craftiness and deceitful plotting. And we better point it out before others think that, oh, person, I'll be tomorrow, I'll appear in my dream more. It's the same way. Why did you get that doctrine from in this Bible? Smooth tricks. If I tricks, smooth tricks. It is tricks past tricks. That will cause it deceived and being deceived. The person himself is deceived and he is deceiving others. By the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Just what plot what about Tony Jim up auto plotting him? The Lord says that you should send two hundred thousand dollars into my account. Ah, what? See, he also for no. Or say, you may not send two hundred thousand dollars. The Lord says that you should bring your jewelry and all the jewelry of your. Now you know you also send it. The Lord said that you should sell your car and bring. Hey, deceitful plotting. God will expose all our deceitful plottings because the year of great awakening, and you better wake up, child of God, listening to me right now. So that you don't fall prey because God wants us to get the big picture. There is no price to pay again. Somebody paid the debt. He did not owe. I, you and I owe the debt, but we could not pay it. And he shed his blood, washed us from our sins in his own blood, cleansed us, justified us, sanctified us, put his spirit in us. It didn't be now, pay. You want somebody now to go and do fasting on your behalf. Can't you fast for yourself? You want somebody to pray to God on your behalf. Can't you pray to him? You want somebody to interpret all your dreams? Come on. Bible says what man knows the things of a man. Except the spirit of man which is in him. The spirit of God in you. Makes you know yourself better than anybody. So any interpretation. Or any communication that does not agree with the witness in your spirit reject it before you fall into the deceitful plotting 
I'm talking to somebody. Yeah, what am I be doing? I am stopping here. Now I am mommy. I say so. Jesus, I love you. Eti me pa mimi. Now I am saying. 